money and mistakes are definitely not things that we like to make. Um, it's, you know, we work hard. It takes a lot of time really to, to build up a financial base and making mistakes is something that we all try to avoid anyway because there's generally some sort of pain or discomfort involved. Unfortunately, when it comes to life, we generally learn the most when we make mistakes. But if we can try and minimize them and at least have a an idea of what we're doing so that when we make them, they're kind of part of a plan of sorts. It makes it a little bit easier to, to know what to do and to learn from. So in this episode, I'm going to go through the top five money mistakes that I see a lot of women make, and I hope you get a lot out of it. So let's get into it. Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. So let's get into today's episode of the five most common money mistakes that I see women make. So before I start to get into these, there's there's a lot of when, when we go out through life and, and money and life are very intertwined because, you know, our money kind of forms part of our daily life, really decisions that we make. Um, it is a tool that allows us to do things in the way we want, when we want, and it's often perceived to be the constraint. Um, that said, though, I often find that for things that we really want, we find the money for them. Might not always be the best way to find the money, but we generally find the way to do the things that we want the most. So if a jet ski, for example, is super important. I've seen people do all sorts of things to be able to afford a jet ski. Um, so that said, it's very much the mindset that goes with the practical side and it really does have to come together. So some of these relate to the, the mental blocks that we have that, that lead to mistakes or they're perceived blocks that lead to genuine like real mistakes or they're perceived mistakes that actually aren't necessarily there either. So there's this, there is some complexity there, but I'll try and, I'll try and keep it simple and um, straightforward so don't, and easy to follow as well. So the first, the first one I see quite a lot is the thought behind the fact that it's too time consuming to deal with anything to do with money. So I'll just do it later. Now, I don't know if you've listened or read anything else that I've done. Time is probably your greatest ally and also your biggest enemy. So if you wait too long to do something, time will start to work against you. So the old, and, and generally speaking, we kind of, you know, our 20s, we're very, a bit more laissez-faire. We start to kind of, we want to travel, we're studying, we're figuring out who we are. We might still be, you know, living with mom and dad, or we've branched out on our own and then realized how expensive it is and then moved back in with mom and dad, or got a whole bunch of flatmates depending on, on, um, on the situation we find ourselves in. Um, so that's, that's you know, it's a, it's a real exploratory decade, really, the 20s, and experiential. By the time we hit our 30s, we're quite often a little bit more um, sort of stable from a career and potentially finances perspective, um, but there's still a desire to try and figure out who we are, what we want, find meaning and purpose and all of that. And somehow the, the life's sort of questions and the depth of, of our experiences become more important 
quite often it's when we've either met or are meeting a life partner and then starting to have children and start a family. And then there's all this other responsibility that comes on. Time becomes constrained. Money becomes more of an issue because you're also then trying to join two different people with two different upbringings, two different sets of mindsets to try and align in a way that you can financially function together. And not even just that, but your finances are being joined. And there is often a disparity between one um, partner in a relationship and the other. I look at my husband, for example, when we met when, and he's just over 10 years older than me. Um, we met when I was in my, um, well, we got together when I was in my early 30s and he was in his early 40s. So, and he'd been divorced. So he'd had sort of a financial setback in that regard. I was still sort of building and, you know, trying to figure things out. Very independent. And so we kept our money quite separate. And it was only when we bought our house that we actually, we brought it together. And even then, it was a big thing for me because I was like, I've never had you know money connected to someone else before, and you know I always wanted to make sure it was fair because I, I worked hard. You know, I, I used to work away a lot. Um, I'd made lifestyle sacrifices so that I could make extra money um, in the short term. And then when I had my daughter, all of that changed. So I was then not working for the first time in my life. I'd never, since the age of like 14, I'd never not worked. So that was a big adjustment for me to then potentially have to rely on someone financially. And I did not like the idea of having to go ask someone for money. So it then became this whole, it, it created a new sense of urgency. And that's what really kind of catapulted me. I'd already started the personal finance journey, but it really motivated me even more because my sense of independence was so strong to, to really start to investigate, well, how do I become more financially independent and maintain that even with a lower, because then I went back to work part-time. So I had a lower income then as well. And it's amazing. what When you're motivated enough to do something, you can move mountains. So when when I hear that, that um, it's too time-consuming, I'll do it later, you just haven't found the right motivation to actually do it. Plus, you're probably blowing it out in your mind what you think it's going to be. Like everything, we don't know it until we start to learn it. And the far way to fast track learning that is to get a coach or a mentor or somebody who's done it before who can guide you through it so you don't have to spend quite so much time making mistakes um, and figuring things out. Of course, that's still going to occur anyway. Like we just, it's, it's life. We can't avoid that. As soon as we do things, there'll always be something to kind of give us feedback um, in whether or not it's, it's, uh, it's right for us or it's not. So that's, that's just life. Um, so getting started and doing baby steps is really the best way to do it. And that's, that's, it's all, it's in our heads basically. So that, that's part of the mindset journey that we are all on is to try and go, you know what, even if I think this is too big, too time consuming, it's worth it. And I'm going to do little bite-sized bits, bit by bit till I figure out enough that I feel like I can progress even further. So that's, that's number one. So number two is then I don't understand investing or how investing works uh, or what I should be investing in, when I should be investing. Investing generally seems to be this sort of this weight on, on a, lot of, a lot of shoulders. 
And there's also that stereotype that, oh, men are better investing than women. Well, that's just nonsense. Like, seriously, women have such an acute intelligence. We're just usually, our, our focus is so disparate that we're looking after all sorts of things and thinking after all, all sorts of things. I mean, managing a household is huge, but we, we underestimate it because it's just, kind of there and we just do it without even really thinking about it we've just we watched our parents or our mothers potentially do it and then off we go and we do it ourselves as well so there is there's some stereotypes that still exist there and and we need to call them out which is what I'm doing as well right now be aware of them and then work to change them and to make and we can be the change there's that there's that classic saying be the change you want to see in the world and this is very appropriate for right here. So there, there comes the, the whole, you know, if you want to understand investing, you start to learn about it. And there's lots of free information on online, particularly government websites. So the Money Smart website through the Australian government actually has some pretty good starting information. I cover it off in my course as well in my Financial Fulfillment and Seven Simple Steps program. Um, there are others who teach it as well. And what I go through are the different types of investments that you can do and what they are, whether and you also need to consider your risk profile. You may want to consult a financial planner for this as well. It just depends on what stage of life you're in, what your financial resources are and how much you want to get started with. But there's micro investing. I have a free download on how to invest with only $1. So if you'd like to feel free to download that, absorb that and you can even just start there. Um, I do that still myself. So because I love the idea of this little increments here and increments there and it all just sort of builds up and you can automate these sorts of things to the point where you don't even notice it. And when it comes to investing, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. So not timing as in terms of when you get in, but how long you stay there and being in a position to not sell out when the market crashes. So rather than being emotionally invested or reactionary, just look at it as, oh, this is a cycle, down cycle. Like at the moment, we're in a bit of a down cycle. We've been there before. Um, it generally, like the 20, March 2020, the, if you look at some, some charts over how the markets have gone, they've crashed in March 2020, and then they went up to levels even higher than they were before. So it's it's really, um, really interesting to watch. And of course, at the moment, the property market has taken quite a, a hit because of the interest rate rises. So there's, there's things that sort of go up and down and it, trying to time it is very difficult. Um, you, again, just have to make sure that if you're borrowing money to invest, that you're doing it from a, from a position of flexibility so that you don't sell, like make your money too tight in terms of repayments. And so that in, in terms of investing in shares, there's things called margin calls. They can be quite dangerous because if you don't have the money behind you, um, if the market tanks, then you've got to sell everything out and then some to pay things back. So it's just a matter of being informed, starting small. Like I said, I, I, I highly recommend looking into, into micro investing. There's a number of different platforms which I go through in my free download. So that's, that's the investing, just bit by bit. And you can figure out which ones work for you. I'm personally more, more a share market investor and I do it mainly through index funds. So I, I did a share trading course a number of years ago and the idea of like the candle charts and the technical analysis and all of that just did my head in. So I was like, there's got to be a better way or it's got to be a different way. And that way, the way I do it works for me. So you just become a bit more informed. You talk to people, find out what they do, um, and then just try and see what fits. The best way to learn is to 
talk and share, which is again why I started to create what I'm doing more as a community so that we can all kind of learn from one another as well. So it's it's not about, oh, we can't talk about money. It's just taboo or it's bad taste. Whoever said that in the first place? <laughs> it's, it's man-made, so we can unmake it. Um, so, okay, so mistake number three is I don't have enough income to do anything. So that's the other thing I hear quite a lot as well is that, well, I don't earn enough to invest or I don't earn enough to be able to save. Um, so then, then look at things like, well, how can you increase your income? Is there a skill that you have that you can sell? Can you start a side hustle? I, I knew a lady once who um, she drove Ubers and there was a, there was another one which was specific to, to just women as well. I don't even know if they still exist, but so she did that to earn extra income. Then she did a real estate um, course and now she's a fully licensed real estate agent and, and thriving. So you, you figure out what it is bit by bit and you can do things on the side as well um, and then figure out how to, how to manage that. And then comes, you know, the, the spending side of it. It's always amazing to me whenever I help clients review their expenses and almost without a doubt, I hear the, oh, you know, no, I'm, I'm pretty thrifty. There's, no, there's nothing in there. Well, I thought the same thing when I first did my expenses diet process. I was amazed at how much I could save. I was just like, I thought all these things I had were all needs. No, there's a real, there's a, it's an interesting process when you look at what is discretionary and what's essential. And even the essentials, you can look at minimizing. Um, and then the discretionaries, there's a lot in there. Like, do you really need every single streaming service? <laughs> Um, you know, having even like I used to have a uh, data plan just for um, the iPad. And then I realized, well, I almost always have my phone with me when I've got the iPad or it's at home. It can connect to the home Wi-Fi. And if I'm out, it can connect to my phone's hotspot. So it's $25 a month I saved just by turning that off. Um, and I actually got a, it was better because I only had two gig of data on that $25. And I think back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I even get into that position? But things like that where you can, there, there are places where you can reduce your spending, look at increasing income to give you more to do with. So then you've got, but then the, the, then the other um, pitfall to make sure you avoid is to not just let that money disappear. Take what you're saving, uh, the money that you're saving or the money you're earning, extra money you're earning, and actually put it to something like paying off debt or putting some money aside to save or doing some micro-investing, adding extra into your super. What there's, there's different ways to do it to make sure that you actually are making the most of your money, making it work harder for you. So that was number three. So mistake number four I often see in here is the term, it's too hard and confusing. <laughs> well, everything is a bit overwhelming or unknown until you start. And there's so much information out there that's kind of designed to make it look like money is very difficult and complex. It doesn't have to be which is exactly why I called uh, what I do money made simple. You can simplify things. It doesn't have to be complex. You just have to decide what specifically you want to focus on and just do that. Get good at that. Then you can move on to the next thing and you just take it in little chunks, little, little steps, make a little bit of progress. Then realize, oh yeah, look back, take a pause, go, hmm, 
hmm, yep, I'm doing that. Cool. On to the next thing. And you often don't even necessarily know what the next thing is until you've started one um, because your mind will start to open up. People will start appearing in your life and you'll start talking. You'll have a random conversation with somebody and you're like, you know what? I was just thinking about that the other day or I was just talking to my husband about that and now here you are. Or a book will magically appear that will help give you some extra knowledge and guidance as to what to do next. There's a certain, I don't know, faith that we have in ourselves and our world around us to give us the things that we need at the time that we need them and in a format that we can we can absorb too. So I know that sounds a little woo-woo um, and it's just it's my experience and I've seen it happen for others too. And it, um, you know, there's, there's an expansion that happens and the harder something is to start with quite often, the more rewarding it is. And then when you get there, you're like, wow, I can now do this. Like I have a friend who used to have like a pathological fear of spreadsheets. So whenever I would you know, sit down with her and I'd, I'd be helping her through stuff and I'd bring up a spreadsheet, she's like, no, sorry, no, 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 not doing it. Well, now she sends me spreadsheets. It's, it's, it's quite funny. To, so you, know, you don't know what you can do until you start to do it. And if you keep telling yourself that something's hard and confusing, it will be. So trying to, to readjust the mindset to go, you know what, even if it seems like it's hard and confusing now, I only need to learn a little bit and I will get there. I'm just not there yet. So I want to be financially literate. I'm not there yet. So it's understanding that life changes, we grow. So you might not be there right now and the word yet becomes extremely important. But where you need to start is having the curiosity and the desire to do something and then to be consistent. And there is a certain amount of discipline that goes with this as well. But it doesn't mean it can't be fun. Trust me, like once you start to see the momentum in your banking account, bank account balance increase, Oh, it just feels wonderful. And you're like, oh, I love this. I'm going to keep doing it more of it, more of it, more of it. And then you're like, okay, well, I've saved up this now. So I'm going to move this here and I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll pay for my car outright rather than putting, you know, getting a car loan. Um, it just, it feels really good when you can do things like that. It gives you choices, which is what money is. It's a tool that gives us choices. So now the fifth and final mistake that I often see is what if I get it wrong? And this is a little bit um, linked. I mean, a lot of these as a theme that kind of comes through them. Um, and to be honest, we will all get it wrong at some point. It just depends how wrong. And the more um, the more informed you can be and the more sort of understanding you've got of who you are, what your values are and why you're doing the things that you're doing, the less wrong things will most likely go. And then if you are, if you do do something and you try something brand new, you start with this one, I mean, just start with a little bit. So if you want to try share investing or, I mean, with property, it's a little bit more difficult because it's a bigger investment. Um, there you've got to get really, really informed. Um, but there are also some really good buyers agents out there who can help you. There was a, a lady I did a podcast with, uh, interview with recently, um, Julie Crockett, and she, she helps you run the numbers. So it may, it'll, you know, there's a, there's a cost for their service, but the amount of money that you can save by having somebody who knows what they're doing help you and who's coming from, you know, from a good place is, is wonderful. So, so this, there are things out there. And again, you find things, things like this out by talking to people, listening to podcasts. The things that I found out through podcasts are amazing. And I only sort of not that long ago got into them, which is another reason why I started one. So I was like, I'm getting so much out of them. I want to try and bring 
bring this value to my listeners as well and hope that, you know, so if you like this and you get something out of it, to share it with others too. The amount of podcast episodes I've shared with people, I'm going, this is amazing. You need to listen to this. Or this person said stuff that I've never heard articulated in this way before. It expands your mind. It's, it's a, you know, it's a wonderful way to utilize if you do a lot of school drop-offs and pickups like I do I listen to them on on that you know I talk to my daughter when she's in the car but then on each end of the drop-off or pickup I'm listening to a podcast and I learn lots and lots of stuff I now have a notebook and pen right next to me so when I sit at traffic lights I write stuff down to make sure I remember to do it (laughs) so that by the time I get home I haven't kind of thought about three other things and I needed to write them all down um, so stuff like so that the concept of getting it wrong and the fear factor that go with that goes with it, quite often it's the perception of the fear that even stops us doing something. What if we get it right? Why don't we ask that question instead of always? Well, what if I get it wrong? So what if you get it right? John D. Martini. If you haven't heard of him, I'd highly recommend looking into him as well. But I was at a workshop of his a number of years ago, and his way of explaining fear has always stuck with me. He used it as an acronym of future events appearing real. And I remember thinking, and that just, to be honest, I don't remember anything else he said in that workshop, but that stuck with me. And it's been a bit of a mantra that I've carried with me for years. Anytime I approach something and I feel a certain amount of fear, I'm like, is this like real fear? Like, is it, you know, imminent danger? Or is it something that my mind is telling me could possibly happen, hasn't happened yet and may never happen, but it's stopping me from moving forward. And that's why, you know, I've gone into what I'm doing and I'm putting stuff out there, being quite vulnerable with, you know, the stories I share and the information I put out there um, because it's important enough to me to do that. My mission is more important than my fear. And my fear is often imagined anyway. So this is the the tools that we, we can learn out of all this is really, really important for life. So I said at the beginning, it's not just about money. It's about life and moving towards living a, a values aligned life and making sure that we, you know, we, we bring our hearts with us along the journey and we do things from love. Um, which is can sometimes be a challenge, but it's 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 a wonderful thing to aspire to, and I really hope that some of this has helped inspire you to to look at what's holding you back and the reasons why you aren't implementing the things that you probably already know you need to do um, to get to the life that you want to live and to to seek out the information that you want you need in order to to take at least that one next step. So send me, an inform- send me a message if you've enjoyed this, um, what you've gotten out of it. If you still have any other questions, I would love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day. 